Daniel 9. Watch this. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And you can see his prayer, which is a powerful prayer that you could do a whole series on. Absolutely amazing. But what the Lord spoke to me as I was encouraging my daughter on FaceTime, driving in her car between Kansas City and Springfield, Missouri this afternoon, is that God, I told you, God wants to break in with power. There's perversion that what needs to be driven out of the school, and it's not going to happen without prayer. And I got this scripture, the Lord spoke to me about Daniel and Jeremiah. So check this out. Here's what happens for Daniel. Daniel's reading the word. He's reading the book of Jeremiah. And he reads 70 years of captivity. And he goes, huh, we're pretty close. Oh, God, fulfill that word. And he begins to pray. He fasts, he prays, and he begins to decree. I mean, he prayed three times a day. Normal, normally would be two times a day. He would pray three times a day. Daniel's a man of prayer. And because of his prayer, God brought tremendous breakthrough. So now I want you to go to Ezra chapter 1. We're going to look at some word tonight. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. We're going to look at some scripture. Ezra chapter 1. If I can get my Bible app to work. Glory to God. Now Ezra is writing. You all there? If you're all there, say amen. amen. Ezra chapter 1 and, and, and 1. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. Huh. The Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to also put it in writing. So get the whole picture. Daniel's alive. He's in Babylon. He reads Jeremiah. Hey, wait a second. We're close to this full... Oh, God, won't you do it? Oh, God, bring your breakthrough. Oh, God, do it. So he's praying. He's fasting. Ezra, a contemporary of Daniel, writes and says... In order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout all of his realm. All right, go to, go to Ezra chapter th uh, 3. So, I mean, that's amazing. God wants to fulfill his word in your life. God wants to fulfill the word over this church. God wants to fulfill his word in our families, in our community, in our nation. God wants to do it, but he's looking for people who would pray. He's looking for people who will fast. He's looking for people who would stand on the word of God and not be moved by circumstances, not be moved by what they feel, not be moved by what they see, but walk in the power and the authority of the word of God. I am telling you that many times we don't see the kind of breakthrough, the kind of, the kind of victory that God's intended for us because we don't pray the kind of fervent, praying, fasting, believing prayer that God has. We're just like want to rest on, the, on our sovereignty of the Lord. So God can come to you know where I live. Lord, you just won't come through for me. 
Instead of, Lord, you said, God, do it. God, God, you said. Lord, I believe. It's a different posture. Many slouching Christians. You know what I mean by slouching? Slouching, relaxed, apathetic, hoping that God's just going to come through for you. There's another kind of walk. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You've got to rise up and understand what your rights are. Listen, I'm calling Evangel University because they're getting paid a lot of money to educate my kid. And my kid's going to, I've sent them there. It's one of the best Christian colleges that there is. And I felt like the Lord told me, I'm not sending my kid there to get defiled. So if you've got a program that's defiling my kid, you're going to deal with me. Now, my, dad, my, my daughter's not too happy because she knows that her dad can get veins popping and get really intense. I'll come through the stinking phone on him. Oh, yeah, I'll get tricked. I'll just show up right in the office. What in God's name are you doing? I mean, if we don't stand up in this hour, you want to tell me who is? Who's going to stand up? Who's going to stand up for righteousness? Who's going to? Do you have to get excited about it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Come on, you can't touch my kids. Don't, don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my church. Don't mess with my sheep. Don't, don't mess. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, you can be seated. Ezra. What is that, sweetheart? That's too late. She said, don't blow my voice out. I've given up on that. God will heal me. Amen. Lord, sustain my voice. Ezra, chapter 3, verse 8. Glory. Give praise. In the second month, of the second year after the arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, Joshua, the son of Zedok, pardon me, the son of Jazadak, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity of Jerusalem began the work. Go down to verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, now this is happening this week for our church. We're laying the, the, the final piece of the foundation. Now I had, a, I, had a, I had a dream. I don't know if it's a dream or vision. Vision's when you're awake. Dream is when you're asleep. I had a dream slash vision of when the, when the foundation's being poured and Wally's going to call me and I'm dropping everything I can. I'm going to stand there and worship while that concrete gets poured. And that's what, that's what they begin to do. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments with their trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals in their places, praised the Lord as prescribed by David, the king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. Come on, let's read this together. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Wow. Wow. Amazing. All right, go to Ezra chapter 4. I'm, I'm building this thing, so hang on. Ezra chapter 4 and go to verse 4. When the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid of going to the building. They bribed the officials to work against them and frustrate their plans. Isn't that just like the devil during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, to pull down the reign of Darius, king of Persia? Wow. And down, pardon me, king of Persia, and down 
to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. You know, our president is, is called by some prophetic people the, the Cyrus president. He's the 45th president. And there's all kinds of prophetic words that are, honestly, they're, they're pretty profound. And many of those released much before his election. Now, you, you might not like him. He's, he's rough in many ways. But that is, with unequivocally, we can say this, that nobody has stood for Israel in recent years like he has. And he, and he moved, and he moved, he moved the, um, the embassy to Jerusalem on the 70th anniversary of the founding, the refounding of the nation of Israel. Of Israel. Now, I'm just telling you, that wasn't an accident. It was all by design. And he really is being used somewhat like a Cyrus. All right, go to Ezra chapter. We're going to put this all together. Pastor Kirsten said we should go to 10 o'clock tonight, so. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. If you're offended, see Pastor Karen. Not pa okay. Uh, what did I say? Ezra what? Four. Ezra four. Did we just do Ezra four? No, we didn't. We did Ezra five. Ezra chapter five, verse one. Now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, also contemporaries, the descendant of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Verse 2. Then Zerubbabel, son of... I don't know how to say that. I'll just say Shondai. It's close. And Joshua, son of Jezaduk, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. And there were prophets of God who were with them, supporting them. All right, go to Ezra chapter 6. Who was with them, supporting them? Prophets. Ezra 6, verse 14. Go all the way down to verse 14. So the elders of the Jews, you all with me, say amen. amen. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper. What did they do? They continued to build and prosper under the preaching of, Zachari of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah. They finished the building of the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus. Wow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that thunders from heaven even tonight. For the promises of God that are yes and amen. Thank you for the unction, the anointing. Thank you for calling us at this time in history. I pray, oh God, that you would move in power and that you would put in on the inside of each and every one of us a fresh fire, your word, like a hammer, like a fire, that you would put your word on the inside of us that would activate a tremendous encouragement by the Spirit to fulfill what you've said for our lives as we're challenged and encouraged as we prosper through the preaching of your word tonight and through the prophetic word as we prosper, encourage each and every one of us. And we thank you for the building, even at this time. As it begins, even in this new year, the Jewish new year. That that building will be done. 
with shouts of grace, grace to it. Your plan will be fulfilled in our families, in our marriages, in our children, grandchildren, in our church, in our region, in our nation, even in the nations of the world. We thank you, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. These, these beautiful Jews were facing tremendous challenges, and Jews have always faced challenges. I remember talking to a, a, an East Coast Jewish friend of mine, I can't remember which one, we have quite a few, in an attempt to begin to witness to them and tell them about Messiah. I said, oh yeah, Jews, you guys are God's chosen people. He says, well, I wish he chose somebody else. <laughs> because Jews are constantly been going through all kinds of trials. You see, because if the devil could wipe out, could wipe out Jews, then it would prove that God doesn't exist. But he never will be able to do that because God does exist. The fact that Israel is a nation today standing here, Listen, if you, were to, if you were to talk to saints 100 years ago, they'd be like, that's never going to happen. I mean, that's like an impossible. I mean, yeah, the word says it, but that's impossible. Yeah, it was impossible until it wasn't. Can a nation be made in a day? Yes, a nation was made in a day 70, over 70 years ago now. And they've always faced great challenges. And this t these texts that we look at, we see the challenges that they were facing. Now, we didn't do a, a, a giant expose on it, but they had laid the foundation, and then there was groups of people that the enemy stirred up to discourage them. I want to tell you that this is going to be the greatest finishing year of your life. As we go on into 2019 and on into 2019, it will be the greatest year that we've ever had in our lives. And the enemy is working overtime to steal, kill, and destroy. He's working overtime to get you discouraged, to get you afraid, to get you, to get you all, all, all hindering, hindering you and held back in some corner, afraid that it's not all going to happen. That, that's what they did to the Jews. That's what the devil tries to do to you, tries to do to me, tries to stuff you in a hole and get you all scared. I love a, a quote from my pastor, our senior leader, Dr. Morocco. He said the Lord spoke to him and said, you can do more than you think you can. And I remember hearing that with Pastor, uh, Pastor Alex, who sends his love to you. He misses Alaska. He's, he's just doing great, him and his wife and children. And uh, he would quote that from time to time. Pastor Alex would say, well, the Lord, the Lord says we can do more than we think we can. Come on, I want you to say that. I can do more than I think I can. Say it again. I can do more than I think I can. Yeah, it's true. We are generally the ones that limit the power of God, the supernatural of God. We're generally the ones through our maybe lack of faith or fear or discouragement or not pressing in or pressing through. We can limit what God wants to do. God wants to do things through you that are beyond, exceedingly be above and beyond all that you can ask or even imagine. Now, I can imagine some big things. God's going to do even bigger than that. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So a, a look at these texts. First, uh, turn to Second Chronicles chapter 36. Verse 20, and it says this. And those who escaped from the sword, this is 2 Chronicles 36, 20. 2 Chronicles 36, 20. No notes. You take your own, please. Those who escaped from the sword who carried away to Babylon, where they became servants and his sons until the rule of the king of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. As long as she lay desolate, she had kept Sabbath. To fulfill 70 years. Verse 22 of 2 Chronicles 36. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the, the word of the Lord spoken, on my, by, spoken 
by Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. So here's the thing. Supernaturally, God stirred this king to fulfill the word. And God supernaturally is working behind the scenes for you. He is. Come on, say God's working it. Yeah, God's working it. He's working behind the scenes to fulfill his prophetic word. Jeremiah 25, 11. Let me read this to you. The whole land shall be, de- shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then it shall come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord. I will make it a perpetual desolation. Turn to Jeremiah 29. Some of you know this text, but most of us quote Jeremiah 29, 11, which is great. I want you to go to verse 10. Back it up a little bit. Jeremiah 29, 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So captivity begins in 605 B.C. And so you add 70 years to that, that Jews are set free or released in 536 B.C. But 70 years, it's amazing. So Isaiah's prophecy, that's Isaiah 44, Isaiah 45, that's 150 years. Come on, you go, go look at Isaiah 5, that's the 150 years before there was ever a guy named Cyrus. And in actual fact, I read this, that we don't know, it was a long time ago. I read this, that by some accounts, Cyrus was told about the prophetic word. And actually, in reading the prophetic word, he saw a design of how to destroy Babylon. Uh, About the rivers being dried up and the gates being left open. Now, here you have to understand, at the fall of Babylon, Daniel is inside. You can read this in the book of Daniel. Daniel's inside this great hall in Babylon. And that's when the handwriting... You can read the handwriting on the wall. You ever heard that expression? Well, it comes out of the book of Daniel. Well, this hand appears and it writes, many, 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 many tequila praisin, which means you've been weighed in the balance and found lacking. But when that hand appears, and can you imagine you're having a party and a hand appears and writes on the wall? You'd be like, oh, totally free. Run. And actually, if you take a, a deeper look at that, there was sin, but it was the final act of them bringing out bringing out the articles of the temple to party with. They brought out the chalice of gold and silver and they began to drink from those and the Lord's like, that's it. That's the last straw. Seven years is up. Ding, 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 ding. You're finished. The hand appears, says you've been, wait, found, you've been waited, the belt's found lacking. They don't know how to read that so they ask Daniel to come. Now some say he's in his 80s. Daniel and the lions and he shows up and he says, oh yeah, this is a word from the Lord that this night, the kingdom is going to be taken from your hand. Now, while they're having the party, while they're drinking out of the vessels of the temple, Cyrus is outside attacking at the very same time. And so it says that the king was so scared that his knees had fellowship one with another. It says that you go look at that. He's shaking. He can't even control himself. They're totally freaked out. And some say that they were so freaked out by the invisible hand and the declaration of, of Daniel that all the, all the guards and everybody just gave up their posts. They were totally freaked out. Everybody freaked out. So when Cyrus came in with his armies, there wasn't really even much bloodshed. I mean, they just stormed right in, took over, and, and, and Babylon was considered a city that could never be taken. 
the walls. They'd have chariot races on the walls. It was one of the seven wonders of the world. I'm telling you, no matter what the obstacle is that you face, God is able to do it for you. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how big and impossible and how outlandish it might be. God is able to bring you through. He can cause the walls of Jericho to fall, and He can cause, he can cause in one night the greatest city and the center of all commerce and everything Babylon to, to crumble and the seven and the captivity was over come on somebody say hallelujah in Jerusalem the foundation was soon laid but because of the discouragement 21 years go by before they actually build the temple can you know can you imagine that this is not going to happen for us but can you imagine if you laid the, the we laid the foundation we wait 21 years yeah, one day, bless God, we're going to finish that. I mean, pretty discouraging. Can you imagine if you, come on, can you imagine you're building your house, you get your land, you're like, yes, thank you, God, and you lay the foundation, and then you have to wait. I mean, your kids are out of college already. One day, I'm going to build my house. You know, praise God, I mean, there are folks that have to wait and do things, and I, we understand waiting. We've had churches. Come on, Honokaha was a real challenge for us, but it's done today. Come on, somebody say it's done. We had all kinds of obstacles. I mean, I, 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 my heart broke for the church in Honokah on the big island. We began to build and we had it framed out and then we had all kinds of problems with the government and permits and everything. They said, stop building. And they looked at these, these two-by-fours for years, held up in litigation problems and all kinds of challenges to get it through so we could get the permit to build a church. Meanwhile, meth labs everywhere and all kinds of problems and challenges, but you, now let's just hold up a second. What, what, a, what an assignment from the devil. And the enemy hates what God has said is going to happen in your life. And so he sends people. He'll, come on, the enemy has envoys, has people that will come to try to discourage you and, and, and speak doubt to you. And try to tell you, well, that's not going to happen, or that's impossible, or you don't have the money, or who do you think you are? What do you, what do you think you can actually have two houses? I'm telling you right now, you're going to have two houses. So you might have one. I prophesy to you right now. You've been feeling it. You've been believing. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. How's that going to happen? God. Yeah. Gonna have, you're going to have two homes. Amen. I'm going to receive that for myself, too. Thank, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Why not? Listen, God's people ought to be so blessed that people come to you and say, how is it that you got it going on like that? Well, I serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and he just loves me, and he blesses me. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and I guess he just traded a couple and hooked me up with some resources. Hallelujah. 21 years they wait, and the, the enemies of the Jews, they, they tried to get them to compromise. The devil will try to get you to compromise. Don't do it. Do the right thing. Someone doesn't like it. They can stick it, whatever that means. Do the right thing. Everybody say, do the right thing. Don't compromise. Do not compromise. Do the right thing. Don't cheat on your taxes. By all means, get every deal you can, but don't cheat. Do the right, do the right thing. Don't compromise. Don't let the enemy, there's just some simple notes for you, and then we'll move into the main application. Don't compromise. Number two, don't allow yourself to be discouraged. Don't allow you. Listen, some of you are tired. Now, I'm going to be really transparent. Man, I, this morning, 
I mean, I'm like, Lord, is there sin in my life? No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being real with you. I'm like, God, you can hardly feel your presence. I'm here. I felt like preached out of a paper bag. I mean, it was difficult. I don't feel that right now. I feel good right now. Thank you, Jesus. You know why? I had a nap. I was really, really tired. And sometimes you're so tired that you don't even know what's going on. And I'm just thinking, man, what is my problem? I mean, I checked with my wife. We're not backslidden, right? I didn't really say it that way, but I'm just like, we're tired. And I can feel in my vocal cords, they're just tired. You know, getting in at 4 a.m. and just pouring out the whole time over there. And, you know, it's great. I'm not complaining, but some of you are tired. I mean, you're running and redlining all the time. Some of you really need to take a rest because when you're tired, then discouragement comes in. And I was just like, man, Lord, I, I felt the fire of the Holy Ghost tonight. I still feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. The enemy will try to get you to compromise, will try to get you discouraged. Come on, he'll, he'll try to get you frustrated. I remember taking over the church in Molokai, which was a potentially frustrating experience. We had a pastor there, and I was taking over in his place, and there was a lot of challenges in the transition. And I remember being in Dr. Morocco's office, and he was, he was obviously upset. Now, I don't know what he was upset, but it had something to do with what was going on, and I don't know what it was exactly. So I'm there, and it's my first, my first assignment as a senior pastor over an extension. Let me just say it that way. And I am ready to tear into this thing, and God called us there, and we're excited. I'm in his office, and there's, there's all these things that are going on. And he says, Pastor Daniel, look at me. Look at me. We are not going to get frustrated. Do you hear me? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. We are not going to get frustrated. Let's pray. Father, we will not be frustrated. Lord, we're not going to be frustrated. I'm thinking, I think he's declaring something by faith. I think he might be frustrated, but he's declaring he's not going to stay frustrated. Listen, some of you need to speak to discouragement, speak to frustration. I will not be discouraged. I ain't going to give up. I'm not going to let up. I not, will not give in to fear. I will fulfill what God called me to do. Hell or high water, I'm going to see it happen. God's powers at work on the inside of me. He's performing and perfecting everything. He called me. He anointed me. He spoke to me by the word of the Lord. He's stirring up what needs to be stirred up. He's changing the hearts of those in government. He's changing the hearts of those in leadership. He's bringing revival to America. I'm telling you, he is. He's doing it. How do you know? I know. Some of you just give in to the frustration. Give in to the fear. Stop. That's a tactic of the, the ugly one. Don't dance with the ugly one. Don't talk to the devil. Bind him. How do they overcome? It's the same way you're going to overcome. Listen, you get yourself under preaching like this. You get yourself under an unction, under an anointing, and it releases something in you to become that bulldozer in the Holy Ghost that you won't turn away. You won't look to the right or the left. You'll hear a voice and say, this is the way walk ye in it. Come on, you get yourself under good preaching. You get yourself under an unction, under an anointing. You get yourself under the spout where the glory comes out and discouragement goes, fear goes. They prospered through the prophesying and the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah. And they would constantly challenge them. They would constantly speak to them saying, you can do it. 
You're going to make it. You're going to overcome. You're going to conquer. That sickness, well, Jesus died on the cross for that thing. By his stripes, you are healed. It's just going to get better and better, Sam. We're going to get better and better. But you need to contend. You need to fight. You need to believe. You need to push away the doubt. Come on, like cobwebs. Come on, if you never clean cobwebs in your house, and you know what that looks like. I was getting in my camper for my wife. I had some food up in the fridge. And she's like, okay, can you just pass that down? And she says, oh, a spider. Kill it. I'm like, come on. Let me just, I, I want to go take a nap. I was after church. I was cranky and, and, and all, all in the flesh. Come on, somebody say that. I'm like, I wanted to say, how about kill the spider yourself? You know, but, oh, no, you guys never did that. Oh, oh, holy ones. I didn't say that, but I'm like, yep, it's a spider. She says, just kill it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you know something? If I didn't kill the spider, it would come back. Itty bitty spider went up the water down. Down down the rain and what the spider It's a bitsy spider, climbed up the spout again. Whee! I killed the spider. I killed it. I crushed it. It's dead. Ain't no itsy bitsy spider in my camper because it's going gonna, it's gonna to weave its little nasties all over the place. And then before you know it, you're sleeping all in the mountain somewhere. And, ah! And you get bit. Listen, some of you allow spiders in your mind. You allow things to stay and build cobwebs of, of fear, cobwebs of discouragement. You allow the enemy. You need to kill the spider. You need to get out the word of God and like a, like a, like a, you know, a 12-gauge shotgun and <laughs> kill the spider. Shotgun wouldn't have worked and my camper would have blown a hole. So I just used my hand. But I did wash my hands, Pastor Karen, afterwards. It's a word of persevering. I am telling you, by the word of the Lord, to encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. You are going to make it. God didn't bring you this far to let you croak. Come on, the devil wants to kill you? Sure. He wants you discouraged? Yeah. He wants you to yield to fear? Sure. He wants to delay the effectiveness of what God wants to do in your family? He'd love for it to be 21 years. He'd love for it to be 30 years. He'd love for you to, well, he can't steal your salvation, but he can get you so discouraged that you don't fulfill what he called you to, what God called you to. And if you give in to the, the itsy-bitsy spiders, you're going to have lots of itsy-bitsy spiders. Ezra 6, 14, so the elders of the Jews built. They did what? They built. And they what? They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah. Wow. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, believe the prophets and prosper. Listen, believe God's word. You say, well, I've never gotten a prophetic word. Well, we'll have presbytery tonight here in just a few minutes so you could get a word tonight. And, and, and you can get your own word right out of the word, the word. 
Now, anything you hear from these trained people up front tonight or any other night or anything that else that happens in this house, there's no parking lot prophecy. Does anybody understand what that is? That means, you know, you showed up when you want to exercise your gift and there's a pretty girl and you're a single guy and you're like, yeah, hey, so I got a word from the Lord from you. I just, just want to say, uh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't do that. The Lord showed me that you're like supposed to um, be my wife. No, you want you want people that are trained and seasoned. Amen. And and it, it'll always line up with the word. It'll confirm, encourage, and strengthen. So you'd be like, you receive a word from that from some dude doing that. You'd be like, nah, that didn't confirm nothing. Hit the road, slick. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> But prophecy encourages, strengthens, and comforts. That's what God was releasing to them as they were facing this building project. And that's what I'm trying to do to you tonight, to encourage and strengthen and comfort you, to tell you, you're going to make it. You're not only going to make it, God's plan is going to come about for you. It's going to come up, yes. For you. God's plan is coming about. God's called you. There's a very special touch of, of God upon your life in worship. There's been some delays. There's been some things where it just tried to knock you out, and the enemy tried to whisper to you that you were disqualified. But the Lord encouraged you this night to say, my daughter, I've carried you, and I've got you. If you let go of some of the things that, that you're holding on to, I'm going to give you back a double portion for your trouble. As the enemy came in, like a flood to steal and to rob from you. So I am raising up a standard of righteousness against him. And the enemy's tried to bring confusion, tried to bring discouragement. You've kept your love for me, says the Lord. And, and the word of God is coming to you in a fresh way. Get back to that original place of abandon. There's a wild worshiping abandonment that God has given you. Dancing, I see you dancing, I see you singing, I see you declaring even the word of the Lord. I have great things for you. The season of discouragement, fear, and frustration is over, says the Lord. Holy Spirit, I charge this daughter of yours by the word of the Lord to fulfill what you've called her to do. Every bit of discouragement, every assignment, every fiery dart breaks. I remove words that were spoken even out of your heart tonight in the name of Jesus. And I declare that you are a daughter of the Most High and that you will fulfill what God called you to do. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So what does that do? It encouraged her. It strengthened her. It brought comfort. Listen, you need to lay hands on yourself sometimes. I think that's a biblical thing. Come on, talk to your wife so downcast, oh my soul. Put your hope in God. That's, the, that's David talking to himself, telling himself to shut up. Oh, they're all around me, God. How am I going to make it, Lord? And then he's like, shut up. Put your hope in God. That's right out of the Psalms. That doesn't say shut up. That's the Bracken version. Might be in the Amplified, too. Let me just read a few scriptures here. So the word of the Lord will challenge you and will move you forward and encourage you, and you need to speak it back to God. 
You need to get God's word in your spirit so that you, and you know what's in your, you know when it's in your spirit? When you pray it. You know people that are in the word when you hear the word coming out of their mouth. When you're praying the word, listen, God stands over his word to see it perform. You pray God's word, he stands over it, it doesn't return void. Die stole my, two-edged sword, dies to stole my's mouth. It's like God releases his word to you, that's one edge of the sword. And when it comes out of your mouth, that's the other edge of the sword. You, you have to learn to speak God's word over your body, over your finances, over your circumstances, over your church, over your family, over your kids. You have to stand and walk in authority. Speak the word. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 1 of the second year of Darius. I'm almost done. I'm just going to take a minute or two more. Can, um, can my Levites come to the platform, please? Levites to the platform. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has come, the time that the Lord's house shall be built. And the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have. You drink, but you're you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one's warm. He who earns wages, earns wages to put it in bags with holes. Verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood to build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord of hosts. They, they, they were received the encouragement. You know, thank God for the rebuke. Listen, he who hates discipline is stupid. All the children say, he who hates discipline is stupid. He said, the stupid is not a good word. I know, you don't want to be that. And if you hate discipline, that's what you are. Thank God for the rebuke. Thank you for the times that you've corrected me, spoken in my life. Thank you. You're like, hey, that, that's not right. I'm not talking about some big, nasty sin. I'm just talking about, you know, person, dealing personally in our own little shortcomings and hurting people's feelings or not being aware of certain things. And how many of you know if you're not aware of things, you're not aware of it? You know, thank God for somebody. Come on, if you have a bat in the cave, aren't you glad that somebody would tell you about it? Bat in the cave? It's when you have a piece of mucus sort of hung up in your nose, and everybody can see it. It's waving to everybody, and you don't know it, sir. And somebody's like, hey, how you doing? Ladies, you know when you get lipstick all up on your grill? And you're like, hey, praise the Lord. And it's just like, (laughs) aren't you glad that somebody's like. (laughs) I used to have braces long ago for about a year. My brother had them for five years, but he could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. I mean, he really had some serious teeth. I mean, when we used to wrestle, Pastor Kirsten, he would cut me because they came straight out. They'd be like, (laughs) it's like a rat. Anyway, they fixed his teeth through braces. I only had him a year, but you know, one of the problems, you know, 
is after you eat food and you have braces. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it's just like, this little thing that's hanging out there is just like a piece of lettuce saying hi to everybody. But you don't know it. Isn't it great that somebody would say, um, thank God for the rebuke that came from the prophets to these guys that said, hey man, get to work. Take care of the house of the Lord. You know, I don't need to rebuke you about that. I'm not even going to apply it here. I mean, unless the Lord applies it to you. Because I, I'm amazed at the sacrifice. I'm amazed at the generosity. I'm amazed at, at the unity that we have in this house. There doesn't need to be a rebuke here. There is finances coming in and the building's being built and this thing is happening. Now, if you're being rebuked by the Holy Spirit, go ahead and take the hit. But generally speaking, there's great unity and there's great blessing here. Haggai chapter 2, but now be strong, Zerubbabel, verse 4, declares the Lord, be strong, Joshua, the high priest, be strong, and all of you people in the land, declares the Lord, and, and work, come on, somebody say, and work, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord, come on, that's a great thing to say, God, I'm going to work hard, because you are with me, go, because I'm with you, he says to them, and this is what I covenanted with you. When you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you today, do not fear. Come on, say that to yourself. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. A little while, and once more, I shall shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the land. I will shake all the nations. And what is desired by all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with my glory, says the Lord Almighty. You know who the desire of all the nations is? Jesus. Jesus is the desire of all the nations. And he's coming back. He's coming back. So strengthen yourself. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be strengthened with might in your inner being. And know that God be for you. Who can be against you? And the very word that was spoken over your life, the very decrees that you see in Scripture are yours. Be not afraid, O oh church of the living God. Be not discouraged and moved by fear. Don't compromise and don't be frustrated. For I am with you. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. And know that I'll perform my good pleasure over you, over your family, over your children. I'm working this thing. I'm working it for your maximum blessing, says the Lord. I'm turning these things. The gears of my providence, says the Lord, are working for you, Pastor Kirsten. I just see these gears being meshed up, synced up, a motor out of sync, of the timing being off. It's, it's going to mess things up. There's a perfect timing, says the Lord. I've got you. Don't worry. I'm working it out. The very thing I said I would do, I will do it. I'm the one that gave the dream. I'm the one that gave the vision. I'm the one that fulfills it, says God. I'll do it for you and your kids. Come on. Stand up all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Begin to call on his name tonight. Lord, thank you. Come on, speak the word of the Lord over your family. God's will that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. Lord, thank you. You're saving my whole family. Thank you. Oh, in Jesus' name, you're intervening, God. You're intervening. You're intervening, Lord. Come on, declare it. Come on, right out loud. Let them hear you down the street. Come on. Come on.
But the Lord said you were able to position your heart and forgive and let it go. And, and now is the time, says God. Now is the time where you're going to now flow in a function and a gift that you've been created for this time and this hour. It says in Acts chapter 17 that, that the Apostle Paul went to go minister to those who happened to be in the marketplace. I've got divine appointments for you, says the Lord. And I'm going to give you favor in the marketplace. I'm going to give you favor in the house of God and favor in, in the house of the market. And, I, and you are going to be mightily used. And you will be a go-to man even to release the wisdom of God to some situations. And I see you sitting even around a table. I see you like in a, in a board meeting or something like that, a, a weighty place of decision making. And the Lord giving you the answer. For I'm going to speak to you in dreams. I'm going to speak to you even in visions. And I'm going to speak to you through the word of God. And you're going to share that with those who you're partnered with. And the Lord would say and warn you even about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Be careful in this next season who you partner with and who you, who you covenant with. Do not covenant with those who do not understand the things of the Spirit of God. Be very careful who you, who you yoke with because great blessing is heading your way. And if you yoke in a way that's not God's will, then it will be a chafing to your neck and difficulty in your life. The Lord says, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, and you will have a discernment to know what to do and when to do it. I'm putting my word in your mouth, even out of a saturation. I call you Joseph, for I've delivered you with a strong deliverance, and I'm putting you in a place of great authority, says the Lord. Holy Spirit. Do it. And that's a fresh anointing to do it. If you didn't get prayed for and you want prayer, just wave Victory that he's intended because you don't feed on him. 
What does that look like? It looks like reading the Word. It looks like praying the Word back to God. It looks like instead of being on all your Instagramming friends and all, all the Snapchatting stuff, hook yourself up, all you you. Hook yourself up with some preachers that move you. Listen to it for 15 minutes. I mean, fire yourself up. I mean, I love seeing that sick three-point shot from way outside the key or the incredible slam dunk that somebody might do. But nothing does it for me like prospering under the preaching and the prophesying of tremendously anointed leaders. There are great, great leaders in our nation alive at this time. But some of you don't walk in the victory that is intended because you do not feed on it. You feed on Instagram. You feed, you feed on Netflix. you got to queued up at home right now. You can't wait to get home to watch the next movie that just got released. But you won't feed on Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you need to become a spiritual athlete. That happens by prayer and the Word and getting in that thing and just letting it work in you and come on prospering through the preaching and the prophesying of God's Word in your life. Do it. Because I will tell you, God has great things for you. Don't be frustrated. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. God's got you. He has. Decree it. Declare it. Proclaim it. And God will stir the Cyrus. God will stir whoever he needs to stir to bring in, to line you up. The footsteps of the righteous are order of the Lord to bring about the fulfillment of the building of the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. His plan will come about. He's going to see the church come about. Can you say amen? You be singing and shouting every time you drive past that property this week. Is that found it? Listen, when you listen, when you're driving, would you do this? Some of you crazy people are gonna do it. I'm just telling you. We'll let you know. We'll put it up on Facebook when they're pouring and all that. You're driving by. Roll your window down and go, Hallelujah! And just holler at that thing. Just holler at the fact. Yes, it's a, it's a biblical thing. I just taught it to you right out of the word. See me, see me like I can't yell. That's because you're depressed. Depressed people can't yell. You need to break that thing off too. Did you get something from God tonight? Come on, I'm challenging you. God's challenging you by the word to live a life of victory. To live a life of, of fulfillment. You can do it. Come on, someone say amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, give your heart to Jesus right now. You say, that's me. Good. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. And to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. All across this place, those online, those listening at a later date, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. And just let the Holy Spirit come and touch you. Be filled. Be encouraged. Be strengthened tonight. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us great weather for the concrete pour, the final foundation pour. And we'll shout, God. We shout right now. Come on, just shout for a moment. Hallelujah to the foundation being poured this week. Thank you for great weather and everything we need. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Invite somebody. Bring somebody. Be a part of all that's taking place. Tuesday night, King's Army meeting right here. Transformations. Other something for the entire family. Plug in. We love you. Youth on Wednesday night. Don't forget. Bring someone. We love you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Good night. and God bless you.